Welcome to Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Join on the phone, we have Van Gogh Vance. Hi, Vance. Who? Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, okay. Uh, We're going to talk evening? about your your your, your painting and, and, the, and the mad okay. skills. Okay. Are you going to say hi good. to everyone? I said, I said good evening. Okay. Painters, artists, um, they're very socially awkward. Or, yeah, or very of, tired. Is his earbuds falling out? He cut his ear off. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. We are hitting history. That's right. He learned it here on the history podcast. <laughs> and we have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Hello, guys. Shoot him in the leg. Always remember. Okay. And also, that... it doesn't take 10 bullets to kill a deer. That's very good. I heard the other day. No, no, no hunter needs ten bullets to kill a deer. You haven't been around my parts too much. Mm-hmm. So, moving forward, now that you've got history and you've got like breaking current. news, current yeah. events, current events. So let, let, from, let's go back in time and the, let's. Uh, that was from the governor of New York. There's no. Person needs to have ten bullets to go deer hunting to kill a deer. Mm-hmm. Well, if this was a political yeah. show, we could dive into it. Yeah. Um, all right, moving That's on. Just a statement. It is. It's a bold yeah. statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. This show is brought to you by Fat Az Musky Products. FatAzMusky.com. That's the website. It's been popping for the last almost two weeks. Approaching two weeks here soon. I did a big upgrade. Oh, I just say two weeks ago, and um, to the website. And it, you know, to kind of sidetrack a little bit because you know we're very professional on this show. I don't know if I just happen to hit people, you know, timing things correctly, but you know the website was adequate for the longest time. And we got all these baits and, you know, the whole the whole show season spiel. And I, I started putting this stuff up and, and kind of testing the waters to see. I'd send out the text, hey, guys, check out the site, try to find mistakes, this and that. Because I'm not a professional web designer. And some of this stuff has to go back and forth from people to check it and look it over. And I don't know any other way to check it other than having it go live. And... Mm-hmm. This the site went live and it was within like half hour to an hour I was getting orders for baits and I'm like how did I didn't tell hardly anybody and how are the, how are people was I just timing this like people just check in every so often well you know so that that was interesting so we we had like a soft start and then it just it the floodgates opened you know three or four days later when the word got out um on uh, Facebook primarily. And um, I, w- I would say that the uh, new website is mobile friendly. It is. I had to pick, I, I, I had to learn a whole bunch of new terms. Cause when you set up a website and you don't know what you're really doing and what the terms are and you get it to look halfway good. It's one of those ones that like, say you're like modeling clay and you don't know what you're doing. And you're like, I like it like this. And you take your hands off of it and you're like, it stayed. I'm not touching it again. That's mm-hmm. kind of how my my approach to the the store was, and uh, I had made a phone call to the uh, 
I don't know, the hosting company or whatever. And I had questions about the upgrade I was doing. And they're like, whoa, you're really far back in time with this theme. I'm like, I wish I knew what you meant by theme, but okay. (laughs) Oh, what What are you doing on this something, something abbreviation? I'm like, thumbs up. I don't know. That's terrible when people, I forget what there's actually like a term for that. And being dumb, honestly, being dumb. No, we're people that are educated in something. It's normal lingo for them, but then when they t- they talk to you, and you obviously have no idea what the hell you're they're talking about, you don't speak. But the they language. continue to do it. Yes, you know it's like if we like took people out fishing that were, um, you know, specialized in um, flying airplanes, hat, hat, flying airplanes, hat making, and we just like, you know, you put this out, you, you know, put fifty foot of line out on, and then turn the clicker on stuff like that. And there's like, what the hell are you talking about? That's how it is. That's not near enough line. Yeah. You're like, huh? What? What's a line? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, can you just mansplain this to me? Cause I'm going to really you, need some help. You know what I like, say? I like, say, how about you just do it? Tell me what I owe you. And we're done. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> explain this you sit at the computer explain this to me like you're like i'm a 13 year old and if that doesn't work you can go explain it to me like i'm a five-year-old the, and then ex- explain it to me like i'm just an ancient yeah so it's funny that we're talking about this because what comes to my mind was a really old simpsons episode where homer needed to get open heart surgery and they were sitting in the doctor's office, and Dr. Hibbert's like, oh, you're going to need a triple bypass, blah, blah, blah. And Homer's all mad. He goes, listen, tell it to me like in layman's terms. And he goes, oh, we're going to we're gonna give you open-heart surgery. And he's like, dim it down a shade. And he's like, we're going to cut you open and tinker with your ticker. And Homer's like, a little bit more. <laughs> like, just, and that was me. I'm just like, okay. And... Long story short, I mean, once you spend enough hours clicking on different things and hitting publish, oh, it would God. almost be... That sounds horrible. It would be... It's not fun. It would be funny to see the reaction of someone that's, like, navigating the website, and I'm just, I'm going to try this, and it's just, like, it, it's just flipping different themes and backgrounds and colors and fonts and over... Because I, I don't know what it looks like. I wish there was, like, a... Hey, this is a preview page of what it will look like. It's like, nope, I'll click this one because it's a word. Like, do you want basic SST, whatever layout or square corner? What? I'm like, well, do this, publish. Okay, view the site. No, that sucks. And then I go back. Oh, I want to change that color. Oh, no, that sucks. And you, you kind of stumble your way through it. I mean, if and you- I would say that you you uh, you did well in making it a bit more simple than our old uh, website. It is more simple. I, I cut down but you a took lot a, of you photos. You took out a lot of words. I did because of how it laid out. I'm like, I don't really need this. I can start doing some abbreviations here. Listen, do I really need to have a 40-paragraph thing describing a bait? No. Here's, uh-huh. here's our swim bait. <laughs> like it or leave it. <laughs> like... Here it is. The more, the more like what I've noticed over the years is, you know, you try to explain something on your websites, whatever you're selling, people are still just going to ask you the questions, even if, um, 
you know, like this is a jerk bait. It dives down to eight feet. You know, that person's going to be like, well, how does it how troll? Deep do they run? How, do they, how deep does it run? Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. I have it on my page, but people, mm-hmm. it's just an instant world. You know, they just want to go, go, instant. And when I'm shopping too on the internet, I mean, instant. I just want to click it, buy it, and be done with it. I think the majority of people are like that. Mm-hmm. Websites like that now. Who's I mean, got time? Simple. Who's got time for that stuff? Who reads anymore? Yeah. So, yeah, I got so I got the site up and going. So that was the whole. It's not quite a van story, but that was my stumbling through through that, and I've since tweaked it and got a whole bunch of cool features that pretty much everyone that's listening to this. Except Vance. Vance saw what's behind the scenes on, like, I think they call it, like, the desk, the, the back desk or something. They had some term for it, like, in the, the belly of the beast, the, the the gears turning in the back. So Yeah, I got to see it. It looked, It's pretty similar to our website layout. Um, and, you know, it's made it more simple. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, if you don't, if you're not on it, like, all the time, it obviously passes you by and there'll be like different, different things that you can do like the uh, fields or whatever you're talking about. Like I group things together different. I I changed, changed page. I finally found out what the difference between a product and a page was. And it sounds Mm. really like simple when I tell you guys this now, but I treated every product, every product had its own page. So I had like a zillion pages on the left side that, looking back was very confusing. I'm like, why don't I just make rail mount rod holders? Hey, this will help narrow some stuff down so people can click on that and see the options we have. And then, you know, here's the baits. Well, let's, what's under baits? Well, look at, there's like six, seven, eight different baits on, on this side. And, you know, does the rail not go into track? (laughs) Well, it depends. I, I still have that conversation a lot where people are interchangeably using. I mean, and it's, and it's a simple it, mistake. Yeah. And, and it's not something to be yeah. embarrassed about, but yeah. No, no, just. It's, it's, and rail and track is often confused. Mm-hmm. Almost every track. conversation I have. Yeah, tra- like, yeah. you know, I could be saying track and you're thinking of the tube, the tubular version. You know, mm-hmm. and rail, I'm yeah. thinking about the rail. Yeah. So you end up talking regardless. <laughs> I do, and, it, and it's fine. I, I you know, I, I actually, I worked a guy. He he ordered the completely wrong thing, and it just so happens this was before I was getting the inventory thing up and going. Um, I said, "Man, I've never really had a guy order this. Is this what you really want?" And he's like, "No," and I'm like, "All right, let's figure this one out since we got some time and." We got them straightened out and stuff. So, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, it was, it was just completely like not even close to what he wanted. So, you mean like completely opposite of what I did at the Ohio show the one time when the guy was like, I'm going to put PVC pipe all over my boat. It's going to look like a hamster maze. And I'm going to connect rods, rod holders to that. And I was like, yeah, dude, absolutely go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how Mr. Plummer fared. <laughs> we never heard, or no, we did, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought we we did get an update or something like that, but we haven't got like a, after a season running it update. Oh, we have got this. Like, yeah, 
I'm going to go with this other one. Yours are too expensive. Oh, yes. And midway through the season, it's like, yeah, uh, I need some. It, it cost me I a rod. I need some of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a two fish and a rod. Yeah, so. Side of my boat fell off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so, anyways, I got the show colors up there. That was a long-winded story of talking about having show colors up. Uh, nice. Standard colors. They are going to be here very soon. It's going to be O'Donnell's. Todd's going to be picking some stuff up, and I don't even know what little town is that. Todd? Portersville. Portersville. Okay. Porter, Portersville. Uh, he's going to have a small selection of hard baits. Hogan's Hut's going to be getting a bunch up there in Stowe, New York, uh, on the shores of Lake Chautauqua. Uh, then. Other shops, we're going to have Team Rhino Outdoors has his exclusive colors and some standards. Muskie Tackle Online has standard colors with another order going out here very shortly uh, to help replenish the inventory there. So that's AZ, but I also got a. I have another story from AZ I'm going to tell after the plug. So Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get hold of us. We're going to be starting to fish here real shortly. And uh, here in Pennsylvania, not many openings uh, in, to fish PA right now. And, yeah, then we're going to be up at Chautauqua Lake, New York, starting last Saturday in May through November. If you know when you're coming, get a hold of us sooner rather than later. We'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some musky lunch. Very nice. Uh, and if you come fishing with us, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Shout out to Ranger for sponsoring us in this uh, podcast. And get your Ranger needs at Vic Sports Center. Um, they have Triton, Starcraft, Star Welds, Rangers, used boats, pontoons, service, all that stuff. Extremely busy right now. Uh, so busy, I don't know when my boat's going to be ready. Um, but... Is it ever smooth with me in a boat? Uh, no. So we'll have stories about that down the line, I'm sure, because I'll be breaking in a new boat, and the key word is breaking. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Synchro Rods, best rods on earth. Check them out. Use them, abuse them, uh, and reuse them because they're sturdy. Check them out. There is one thing I want to mention on here as well um, that I forgot to last week. Um, this is a, a musky tournament um, coming out here. And it is uh, the 2021 Kerwinsville Lake Musky Challenge. Uh, Kerwinsville, I believe that's in, in Pennsylvania. Um, some of the rules, let's see, fishing rules. Uh, tournament is Catch photo release, artificial lures only. Um, multiple people are permitted per boat, but all submissions will be made on an individual basis. The time of the tournament is 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, you're going to have to present a uh, photo on the bump board uh, with your... Um, display tag and then also you holding the fish with a display uh, tag 
Um, there's going to be prizes and awards, um, money payouts, uh, things of that nature. And there's a ton of sponsors on this. Um, let's see. Uh, the top three paid positions, $500 for first. And apparently, and apparently a 36-inch chainsaw carved musky trophy. That's pretty badass. Uh, second 300. Third is 200. Uh, this is at Kerwinsville Lake. Is that that um, tiger hunt? I don't know if it is. I remember they they, um, uh, they always seem to have like a tiger photograph in the back of the flyer from previous years. I'm pretty sure it's a tiger lake. So the date of this is May 22nd, 2021 at Kerwinsville Lake Recreation Area. Of course, you can sign up the day of, um, but the best way to sign up and get information is to contact Cody who's running this and is uh, big on uh, giving back to the musky community with muskies Inc and, and things like that. Um, but his email is C F Y E 32 at gmail.com or give him a buzz at 814-236-2320. Uh, registration fee is 40 for adults. 30 for uh, kids 16 and under. If you register on the same day, it's at the Kerwinsville Pavilion 3. Um, and that sign up is 5 a.m. to 6.45. And, of course, the fishing hours are 7 to 4. So check that out. We'll, we'll uh, be plugging that until, um, you know, the day of. So uh, just a nice little new water and uh, – Nice little comp- competition with some good prizes. So, one more tournament announcement: <clears throat> Muskies Inc. Region Three Chapter Challenge, May fifteenth and sixteenth, twenty twenty one, at Raystown Lake. That's in Huntington, Pennsylvania. Uh, to pre-register or for more information, please contact Matt Dixon. Uh, his email is m a t t d i x o n at l e z z e r dot com. Uh, it's open to Region 3 Muskies, Inc. members and their out-of-region member guests only. You have to be a member of Muskies, Inc. Uh, registration fee is $40. Top three teams get cash prizes. Um, they're saying here... Um, for more information, just get a hold of Matt Dixon. There's a whole bunch of stuff I could read it, but uh, you're better off just to go ahead and uh, go straight to the source. All right. Do you guys want to hear a crazy story? Vance caught wind of it already today. I'm going to tell Todd the story. Todd, you remember me uh, about four months ago talking about a giant rod holder order that I had going to Germany? Yes. Okay. So cutting out a lot of details, um, on international orders, I will send a PayPal invoice. And... That is the same as like checking out through any website store. I just send it to to an email, and often I have gotten to the habit, especially after this event, to ask the person to double check the shipping address. So one of these, one of like the side benefits of having this PayPal invoice is it allows me to ship directly from the invoice. So it. Just like a website, you have to enter in your shipping information. I'm finding about 50% of the time when I do this, 
people's shipping addresses are not up to date. And oh, I did gosh. not ask on this time. And I shipped it. This was been early December. And about a week after, I got an email saying, I think we have a problem. And the problem was he never updated his shipping address. Now, having never been to Germany, I don't have it like a, an actual scale of how big the country is. And I'm like, well, let's go into a different town. I mean, what is that, a five-minute walk? Well, it's not. It was like 600 miles off course. <laughs> Something to the effect of that. And I'm like, well, this is not good. Because it was an enormous order that cost a boatload to ship. So we were tracking it. He did everything he could on his end, contacting the German post or whatever it's called. And I did my best trying to contact the... Uh, United States Postal Service. And I'm not really sure how much extent, you know, how far they can reach once it's on, on the ground in another country. But nonetheless, uh, we made attempts and I was following the tracking and it got hung up on like the third delivery attempt. I mean, th the customer reached out to the person living in the address saying, can you please like accept this and ship it to me? But apparently <laughs> it didn't, it didn't like land well. And I'm watching the tracking and I'm like, well, let's just, let's just see what happens. Let's see where this box is. So both him and I are watching like this dot on the map and it hasn't moved. And finally I'm like, I'm just going to reship all this stuff. Now, granted, I should have asked the question, but there also should have been at least a little bit of, let me check to make sure all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed. I'm not assigning blame and I'll accept partial blame. So I'm like, all right, I repackaged up the order and I wanted to ship it on Monday. It just stuff, stuff happened. I have to do this order a little bit different because of the dollar value. I can't just ship it straight through PayPal. Uh, there's a, like a limit that they want to like be liable for. So I'm doing, doing this one different. I didn't get a chance to get it out till Wednesday. It hit the mail on Wednesday I said goodbye, and I'm like, man, I sure hope to see that other box someday because it was supposed to be returned to sender. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, we had some big stuff coming in at the shop today uh, through the mail, and you know, we run out and try to help you know UPS, FedEx, and all those people when we know there's big packages. And out from the back of this Jeep Wrangler delivery car looked like something that had been halfway around the world and back. <laughs> that box mm -hmm. came back today. I shipped the other one yesterday. Like the tracking didn't like update or anything. It must've got tired or something and they just never entered it. But this thing was like the box was holding together, but I don't know how much further it would go with rough handling. They never opened it. And I have like crazy stickers on this stuff like that. I never put like heavy over 35 pounds. I'm like, well, that's weird because I waited at 26. I don't know. I don't know. But just some, it's like a cool little thing that it went to Germany, bounced around Deutschland for a bit, and then came back. <laughs> and, that's unbelievable. And, and just the fact that it was, it was almost like they were waiting for me to ship the next one to say, you're not getting this until you do the right thing, buddy. <laughs> so it was just crazy um, to, to actually have that. The, the timing of it. So that's my little story there about. Just glad yeah, it came we, thought, back. we thought that was long gone. 
oh, I thought I, we were going to take an enormous hit on that one. but And I was prepared for it. I was like, well, this sucks. So, And it's crazy. It comes the day after you ship the... Yeah, it came like 22 hours later. <laughs> it was probably sitting in the back of the post office, and they're just like, ah... This guy's in no rush for it. Just sitting at the local post. It's the, it's the same box. <laughs> yes. They just drug it around and said, here, give this back to him. We've been supposed to return it. Yeah, it's they never culture. shipped it. They just they just kept yeah. it back there. <laughs> just had it rolling around. <laughs> Make it look like it's been in for shipping for the last four months. Yeah, and it, it has looked that way. And, and I mean, this yeah. thing was strapped with duct tape because I <laughs> duct taped this thing like, like Tommy Boy spraying for bugs. That's kind of like how this, well, he used a garbage bag. But anyways, um, Vance, is there anything you want to talk about with your little, you, you stopped over, you, you picked up the airbrush, and you want to hit on that yeah, real quick? Yeah, sure. I uh, I stopped over, you know, um, at the shows, we like to do what is called the bench warmer series where Todd and myself uh, will paint some things and then, um, the proceeds will go to Muskie's Inc. So I stopped over, had some things to pick up, um, and I picked up the airbrush for uh, well, what I thought would be about an hour. Turned into like two and a half. Um, but I painted up a couple baits, and um, we'll eventually clear those. And uh, they're probably we'll probably do an auction style um, donation uh, for Chapter 16 and the uh, Minnow Fund for. Um, muskies in Pennsylvania and, and all over. So, um, but I had an idea what I wanted to do. Um, and everything was going pretty good until I came across a specific color. And, uh, this color was purple. Vikings, I baby. Just, I just could not get it to spray out of the gun correctly. Everything else was going good. And then when I got the purple, I was just, I was fighting it. I didn't want to bug Andy. And like, <laughs> it was probably, so, like, it's probably dry. It hasn't been used. In. Well, that was, that was I used it for the it. shads this year. So it, you yeah. did haze them. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. But the, they, uh, there were like some goobers in there. And I was like, you know, trying to uh, clear the lines with toothpicks and metal pieces and things like that. But, uh, and then Andy would come and be like, you're good. Turn up the power. It would spit. And then like, as soon as he would leave, it would go back to crap. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Th- there were so, times that I was getting a bunch of texts and I have to like leave the family, walk across the driveway, grab it and go, what's the problem? And then, like walk yeah, away. But, I mean, it was, it was dumped up pretty good. I mean, I took apart every, like everything in the gravity feed, um, like bio and and it i just i couldn't get it to go and um it was it was fighting me because it would go and then you would get on a roll you'd be like and then it would start to sputter and then you would get these just like globs of crap that would come out and i'm like oh my god like come on and i really wanted to paint this bait this was like the one that i went over there that i had a vision for and it was just failing miserably and uh i just fought with this color for such a long time and eventually Andy like came out and he was like yeah this thing sucks right now and he like completely redid the thing and uh it, it 
eventually started to spit decently. Um, but still, like... There's a lot of metallics in, yeah. in some of the paints, and those ones are the ones that give you problems. And I've always found just run them wide open to minimize. And, um, you know, that... It, and they sometimes they do. You, you get a you get a clump that go up in there, and then it plugs up at the needle or something like that, and you just hope that it can you know puke it out and keep mm-hmm. on going. But yeah, it. Let's just say the back spray is purple now for a while. Oh yeah, well you're like, talking like the filter that the spray. The filter, filter yeah, it, before it hits into the vent. I mean, it is just purple everywhere. It's purple for now. It's going to be white very soon. Yeah. Because I'm going to be I'm going to be priming the. What what might be the last run of baits before um, I'm gonna put the brush down for a while? So so what yeah, what colors did fun. you paint? I painted uh, like a it's like a red horse or a blood sucker, and the eyes on them are from the uh, you know famous WWF Four Horsemen, so the red Four Horsemen, and then I uh, painted uh, an 18 karat Ric Flair, and the eyes on that are uh rick flair in his patented woo uh face so it was pretty fun i did not watch wrestling growing up so i just kind of have to smile at those i I don't understand the even if you don't like enjoy wrestling you can look up some of his clips and they are very very funny and entertaining um so he has like a, a huge cult following um, and a lot of people today, fighters and, you know, sports people, they, they kind of take, try to take on his persona and, uh, you know, keep the running gag going. Uh, cause he's, he was just a hilarious guy. I know this is a musky podcast, but can you explain to me the appeal of like, like that wrestling thing? Cause it, it, it's not real. Is it just well, like roughhousing soap operas or something? You know, it certainly has changed uh, nowadays, and I don't like it uh, at all. But back in the day, and I sound like an old man now, but it was it was better. It was more entertaining. Uh, you had Hulk Hogan. You had all these crazy characters. Um, what was the point? It was studio wrestling, fake wrestling, obviously. There was a storyline, who's going to win? But these guys legitimately beat each other up. I mean, you're falling 20 feet, flat on your back, you're flipping over your head. You get beat up, but obviously... It's scripted. They already know who's going to win. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a boxing match. It's not MMA. It's not anything like that. There was a bloodthirsty uh, desire for those things, you know, um, for uh, mixed martial arts and boxing. Um, but wrestling kind of got people interested in, into, into that. Uh, back, back in the days you're talking about, Vance, it was bigger than the NFL. It really was. As far as the watch, you know, there was more people watch, watch wrestling than in any other sport. I think it was that NASCAR. Yeah, it was. The most followed, biggest following of fans, you know, nationwide. Uh yeah, and you it, had it, it you had funny. You, yeah, you was, had NFL players go back and and go into wrestling for the better payday. Now, back then, NFL players also had part time jobs. Yeah, so yeah. they would go over into this 
you know, this wrestling business. And that's one of Ric Flair's like funniest things. Like when he's doing this, uh, promo with Lex Luther, Lex Luger, um, who was an NFL player starter. And he screamed, he said, Hey Lex, did you watch PBS last night? Nature boy did it again. It's just freaking crazy. Well, he's like, while you're playing football and, and it's just, <laughs> he just goes off yeah. on a tangent about it. But, uh, so I painted those things up. Obviously it's fake. It's really fake now. And like, there's been multiple times I watched it when I was like, you know, 10 and 11 and 12. And that era was called the attitude area with stone cold, Steve Austin and Dwayne, the rock Johnson and triple H and all that stuff. And Vince McMahon, of course. Um, and, I always tell the story. I went to college to like just one of their side shows, like over at the Civic Arena with like me and my college buddies. You know, 10 bucks you get in. And ever since then, like at least once a year, I apologize to my parents for taking me to those things because it is like a, it is crazy in the ring and it is a side show in stands. Um, to put politely <laughs> it is yeah. just not not a good place to be and it is some of the uh real like salt of the earth people that are going there <laughs> it is wild and it's a huge money grab you know they just like it's like going to the circus like everybody you, they're trying to sell things and you know you have to have one of everything and i just I, i'll just be like hey you know sorry about that man what i'm like you know taking me to them wrestling matches when i was young I, I still don't understand the appeal. You you actually made it worse to, to where I'm like, I don't get it. It was just entertainment, you know. Yeah. It was just entertainment. Yeah. You had characters that you rooted for, but knowing and... that like it's scripted. Okay, but when you're a young kid, you know, you think Santa Claus is coming down the damn ch- chimney. But she, if there's any young kids listening to this right now, he is. But. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just something. Andy, you, Andy never believed in Santa. <laughs> he actually inspected like the. the <laughs> like that, Andy's the type of kid that. Was Andy's like, like two years no old. <laughs> He's like circumference. Yeah. A man. He's two down. years old. Yeah. Yeah. Our chimney is not big enough. <laughs> also, I measured not, twice. I've been a good boy. <laughs> Nothing's coming down this. <laughs> it also is not going to pass inspection. We should get this changed, Mom. Dad. But, <laughs> yeah. That's all it was. It was characters that like you could relate to, and uh, you know you just got them behind them and, and cheered for them and hoped that the storyline that they picked would uh, you know would make your your guy you're cheering for uh, win. You know, Ric Flair and Stone Cold are my favorites. They're just you know they're hilarious. Well, that sounds insane. It, I, okay. Yes. It <laughs> okay, is insane. So I admitted it was insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I admitted it was insane. But you know, you you know, you gotta own up to it, you know. So that's what I painted. I bet you a lot of people would like that that bait. I, I mean I hope they do. I just like I the whole reason of me questioning is I'm like, is there something that I'm missing? Because I'm just hitting a wall when when faced with like hearing What's people talk about in in pop culture. I mean, last year we did the Freddie Mercury's with the Freddie Mercury eyes. And you're like, who is this? Like the lead singer of Queen. You're like, from the the royal family. Like, no. And why is this guy so special? (laughs) What has he ever done? 
And Anyways. what does he know about musky fishing? <laughs> Whatever, it was, man. It was, it, and Vance, you're right. It was more of a spectacle. I didn't even. I wasn't even watching by the time you were like with that crowd. I didn't. But it was fun watching. You know, back in the day with my my one grandpa loved it, and we would just sit there, and he would. I can just picture him sitting there, just laughing at the stuff that was going on. I mean, it, it was entertainment. It was comedy. But 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 now you're talking about like we were watching like Andre the Giant. He was a spectacle to see walk yes. out, and they played with him. You know, you, Andy, you have to have seen the pictures of like his hand, and he covers his hands are bigger than people's heads you know so it was just all that kind of stuff it was just entertainment yeah like his hands in the classic pictures he's like holding a beer can and you can barely see it it, it looks just, like a it looks it like just, one of those little things you yeah you, that you take take medicine in uh yeah <laughs> well it sounds That's like a total was, waste of time yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> I did it after I was done with Jesus. my homework. <laughs> my God. There's just no breaking Andy. He would just never see this other side. Nah, I had other things to do, like stare at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like figure out math problems. And figure out calculus two problems at the age of six. Not quite, but close. <laughs> So, all right, we're 40 minutes into this, and we just put 20 minutes on a double waste of time. I'm actually regretting bringing it up. He's going to do his first edit. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to dump the whole show. We'll pick this up in two weeks. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, what we have planned, actually, we had this planned weeks ago, and it just didn't happen. I forgot. We got on some side tangent of Vance sticking his foot in the mud and digging holes and breaking airbrushes that were supposed to be returned this week. Um, Okay. I mean, they might be in pieces. Well, I definitely, I I absolutely need my number two brush back. I got that one, but let's just say the other ones I might have taken out frustration on with a hammer. Well, that makes perfect sense. Why try to repair it when we can fix it with a hammer? I was, I, I was trying. I had a, a hammer. I was like, tick, tick, tick. I was using tools. <laughs> like they'll be returned eventually <laughs> in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna drop it off, but I'm sure fans will want to leave before you open the bag. Yeah. yeah. Breaking up. I can't hear you. Sorry, Ann. Yeah. I mean, those those were like all <laughs> new. Like there was one that should have went into the museum, and there were two brand new ones. <laughs> I do. All right. So That's what we're happens. doing on this show, we're going we're gonna to get off this. We're, we're spinning in circles because yeah. you ruined my stuff. But okay. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked about it. This might have been going back a couple months, several weeks. We're offering a free bait review. Uh, we have some baits sitting here from people who were generous enough to donate these baits. Uh, the whole point of this is any small-time bait maker out there, you know, they want to get a little bit of press. You know, we're more than willing right now. I mean... If everyone comes through that said they're going to come through, we're going to have a lot of baits. Um, so there might be a point where we're going to have to cut this off. 
But as of right now, we got room for a few more. And um, so the premise of this is bait makers donate a bait. I don't necessarily would, I wouldn't recommend your most precious paint job, a fishable paint. Cause that's not what we're going to be going off of. We will make mention of how beautiful and detailed the paints are. Uh, but there, it's going to be reviewing the baits fit and finish, uh, like just the shapes, how the bait runs, how we, you know, will, you know, for example, a crankbait, it has a wide, slow wobble or a tight wiggle. You know, we can kind of do some things like that. Talk about our experiences with it and where it would fit, where we feel it would be a strong fit for how we fish. And we're going to, you know, give it a, you know, solid, solid review. Um, it'll share this podcast with two or three other baits. You know, we're going to, you know, we have everything. We have topwaters, jerk baits. I believe we, we've got crankbaits. You know, we, we've got all this stuff. We're going to give it a good shake. And when we feel that we've got a good handle on this, we're going to drop a bait review show. So what are we going to do with these baits when we're done? We're not keeping them. They are going up for sale. And we're not quite sure how we're going to sell them yet. Uh, auction format, maybe. Or we're just going to put on a group. This was show one of the bait review. Here it is. These three baits. We haven't figured that out yet, but they're going to be sold. Are we going to pocket the money? No, no, no. We are going to then donate it to the Minnow Fund, and it's going back to Muskie's Inc. So it is a free service from us. We are providing the legwork. We just need a bait, just so you know. It's not coming back to you guys. It's going to be going out to the public. So I like it. That's that's the, the basic thing. I have a roughed in. Fat AZ Muskie podcast bait review sheet. So we're going to work this one out. So this would be our number two show with this. These these bait makers did not ask us to do this, but this kind of gives a premise on how we're going to break this one down, uh, how we're going to break these baits down. And, you know, we'll take, you know, people's suggestions if they feel we missed on something or labored a point too much. So this is another trial run. So we're going to be doing this one. Hope you guys can uh, enjoy this. And um, we have three crankbaits again, um, just because that's the original list that I had written down from maybe back in January. And let me just add, this is, we had time on the water with these things. The ones that are being sent in, we just had ice off. We're going to be using them and we'll touch base on those ones uh, after we do give them a uh, good run, uh, rundown. So. Correct. These baits are baits that have been used. Um, mm -hmm. I have used two of the three, and Vance and Todd have used all three. At this point, Andy's going to have to do it because he's the only one with a boat. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. This ain't the first. This ain't the first time that this predicament's happened. Man, you know what? at least my boat somewhere in hyper boat space has a floor. Right? Well, <laughs> no. my, mine has a floor too. It's just slippery when wet. <laughs> you did take all the carpet out. All the carpets nicely. out of my boat. But ask me in a week. Well, ask me in two weeks. <laughs> two might... weeks. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be walleye fishing on that. No, just ask me about that floor in two floor. weeks. <laughs> I'm going to be like contact cementing the, the old carpet back in. 
Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you, like a side note on that carpet. You have you guys ever? I don't know about Vance. Vance has always got new boats. Todd, have you ever pulled carpet out of a boat that's been in the carp, like in a boat for more than a few years? Yeah, but never off of uh, you know a floor like that. They were always wood ones. Yeah. Well, what what I what I was getting at? How much extremely fine dust and dirt hides (laughs) under that carpet? It's like. 3,000 grit sandpaper. It is the craziest thing of how much sand and grit comes out when you rip carpet up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, a lot of that's the carpet that deteriorated down in there, you know, but the backing starts deteriorating and you don't know it because it's, you know, well, the carpet's on top. Minutes. You know, the carpet's on top. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but that's, that's another day's story. Okay, so the three baits that we're going to be doing on this review show is DK's 06, Leo Lures Mojo, and the Blue Water 6-inch KO Shad. Now I want to bring up, that name has recently changed. Is that is that correct, Vance? That is correct, yes. What was it previously called? Hooker Shad. There it is. It was a... Uh... Essentially, uh, Lydia from Blue Water uh, and my buddy Bobby Thompson, they bought the hooker company um, and since sold the hooker company, um, and, but kept a few of the baits um, that they... Wait, Bobby sells hookers now? Yes. Oh, okay. Get well, your mind out he, of the he gutter, did, Todd. He, did, he, did, now he, he doesn't anymore. Okay. Now he sells KO Shads okay. Uh, okay. that they are adding into their um, BWB family. Um, and that can be found on DWB USA. And uh, they are baits that kind of cater to the inland lakes and, um, and, and things of that nature. Uh, All right. Also a lot of success on Green Bay. But Yeah, yeah you, so go. you're jumping ahead on this one, Vance. Let's start with I'm Blue sorry. Water, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so the Blue Water, since Vance has, has started that, I want to run down the sheet here. All right, so the bait company information. What is the website, Vance? Just go to bluewaterbait.com. Uh, from there, you can access Blue Waters, and then there's a drop down that says BWB USA, and you will find these uh, crankbaits there. Okay, so this is something you can order online. Correct. Okay, this is not a special order or anything crazy along that. You can. It is accessible just by clicking the mouse. Correct. Okay. About price range, what? What kind of price range are you looking at on this six-inch KO shad? They are uh, sixty dollars. Okay, so you have a sixty-dollar bait, which is, I would probably put that in the mid-range price. I, I think that that's that's reasonable. You can get a bunch of, uh, you know, on a sliding scale of musky baits, you can get some down close to twenty. You can get them way north <laughs> of that. I would call that a mid-range, mid-range uh, price. Mm-hmm. Okay. And type of bait, crankbait. Would you consider it a deep diver, medium, or shallow? Deep diver. Okay. Or none. What are we? Uh, what are we looking at here on deep diver? Like, if you're out, what would like typically? What's your line length and expected depth? Uh, this thing disappears uh pretty quick um 
what, when you, when you put it out there. Uh, and I was getting off of my setups, uh, about 15 feet almost with 50 foot of line out um, at points, depending on which rod configuration I had it in down rod out rod. Okay. Todd, did you ran, mm-hmm. you ran these, correct? Yes. I got them late, late in the sort of late in the year. But w- would you, say, would you say that that like three to one, uh, line to depth ratio, is that fairly accurate? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the deeper uh, diving baits that I use, put it that way. That I, you know, it it, it, it was getting deep quick, uh, quicker than most of the baits that I'm running, we'll put it that way. As Vance said, I was, I was running a lot of 30 feet down rod, southern end, and I know I was picking up stuff that if I did mm-hmm. it at 12 feet of water, I was picking up some... Mm-hmm zebras so yeah it gets it gets down there nice and quick okay so which is cool for a little a little like a mid yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know the um and and the reason I, I i asked both of them about uh diving depth is because i would say that often people will ask for a dive chart and dive mm-hmm. charts are subject to a lot of outside influences so mm-hmm. you know i i think i'm gonna try when talking about a crankbait or something like that, give like a ratio, an approximate ratio, because your leader material, your leader length, your main line, your speeds, downrod, outrod, all of that stuff can play into if your if your bait is coming off of a uh, of of like straight up tip at noon, thirty feet of line, it's going to be more shallow than if you had that thing buried at six o'clock on a downrod. Yeah. yeah. So there's just so many different things. I'm just going to kind of use an approximate. It seemed as if, based off of your rough numbers you guys gave me, for every three foot of line beyond the tip, that bait's about a foot down, a three to one. It's rough numbers. Mm-hmm. So so it's, it's a fairly steep diving bait. Um, what kind of action would you would you say it have? I don't care. Someone start. A tight thump. Okay, describe a tight thump. It tracks decently, uh, you know, stays with your rod tip, and just really hammers down there. Your 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 rod tips something, boom, 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 and it doesn't have the uh, you know, it's it's not it, you can run it slow, but it, it runs best the way that I like it. it, it a certain speed and and uh, with that tight thump it just follows you know your turns well it stays its course and it just pushes a lot of water there's a lot of a lot of thump on those those deep divers so okay todd what's your take on the bait yeah i mean the the uh, sort of what vance said is what i like the most about it. a lot of times these small bait the small deep diving baits it's hard to get them to uh it's, it's hard to get them to take speed and track. And I don't, I don't remember having any issues at all, you know, got quite a few fish. Uh, the, and I don't ever remember even monkeying with them to tune them, which that's really nice to have a bait, a small bait like that, that gets that deep. They cut that deep. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really a hard thing to find out there that will take the speed that we like to fish. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you guys generally run these baits? Like what rod, um, 
like time of year? What are you trying to target with them? Todd, you can take it first this time. Yeah, I did. I, I mostly ran mine on the down rod. I got them later in the year where we were fishing, uh, you know, South Bay. Don't say so too I'm much. Fishing. Yeah, <laughs> I was fishing the South Bay. Yeah, I was fishing the Southern End a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, getting stuff real deep is not an issue. Uh, North Basin, there was some times that I had had it on. I did run it off my side rod where I was trying to get the bait down and, you know, I was playing with the depths. I really had no clue where it was running uh, out there. Just guessing at the way the line goes in the water. You know, you get look at these things every day. I think I have a pretty good feel for the way it's coming off the tip, how deep that bait's getting. So, yeah, we. but I, I ran most, most of the time I had it on that down rod. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to clarify in case people are questioning on this. So... When you were in shallower depth, you were running it on the down rod and keeping mm-hmm. the line tight. And the reason the reason for that is you can achieve your depth with less line out and yes. being on the down rod. What this does is the down rod generally has the shortest line leads coming off the tip. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of accommodate what bait's going to do what. So yep. that's why if you want that bait to run shallower, you're going to have less line, but you might put it on the down rod. When you were trying to get it really deep, you put on the out rod where line length can be almost infinite. Mm-hmm. So, th- so that was the rationale between shifting from the down rod to the out rod uh, on placement is just getting the the real estate to let that thing run. So, um, another perk to that, uh, like ratio and and things with that are achieving depths like that is if you have like the less amount of line you have out and you're achieving this depth and you're getting hits and stuff, it's so easy to clear that spine. It's so much nicer to clear, you know, 20 feet over a hundred feet. You know, they're just, they're in that rods out of the way. You can fight the fish in that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the other rod that hit. For sure. Especially dealing with all the weeds we deal with, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just. Yeah. Okay. So Vance, uh, how about you? Uh, it was a down run, uh, for sure. Like the the majority of my uh, the fish that I caught on these six inch KO shads were on the down rod, um, and I just think that it was when I put it in the water, it was a perfect. Uh, it just thumped how I wanted it to, and I was like, "This is a down run bait," Should and that's and it. that's where it stayed. Yes. Okay. Um, I I skipped a section here, but we're gonna hit it anyway. Uh, the construction of the bait. I I don't think I've actually touched one of these baits, so I can't comment on. Uh, I'm gonna just ask a series of questions between you two. Uh, the bait is it a wooden bait, resin bait, plastic bait? They're cedar right now. Cedar is it a uh, through wire, screw eye? Through wire. Okay, so it's a wooden bait, through wired. Uh, the line pull is it? Is it through the lip like a lot of the crankbaits are now? Todd, yes, I think. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time picturing. I haven't looked at one since last fall. Okay. I know the bigger. I know the bigger one was. was uh, I, I have some bigger ones. They definitely are through wired. I, I couldn't remember if those ones had eye screws or not. Vance. They did not. There was no. They eye didn't. Okay. Okay. So they were through the lip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was it was pulling off the lip. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, now the the finish on it, an epoxy finish or just an auto clear? Epoxy. Epoxy. Yes. Um, describe the shape to me. The shape of the bait. Oh, I, I'll I tell you, it's it's kind of like a drop belly uh, that that almost looks like a drop belly, but it has a very sleek uh, back end to it. Um, anybody obviously that knows what the hooker is, they would they would know what this looks like. Uh, but um, it's very sleek in that uh, in it in this setting. That but it like there's a pointy nose with a nice. Uh, you know, thick belly, and then it just tapers off directly to the tail. It's very sleek looking. Very it's kind of a looking. kind of an arch to the back, right? If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, since I since I don't have one in my possession or have held one, typically, like the ones that you're going to buy off the shelf, described like on like a scale of one to 10, one being someone put the pattern on this with a crayon and 10 being like the most intricate paint job you've seen. Where would you rate the, the, the paint terms of just overall detail level? I mean, no one paints as good as me, so uh, we could just say like one advance <laughs> on these things. Uh, slightly above Vance. I would probably put these at, um, since they are be, trying to be a high production bait, I'd put these at a nice seven. Uh, very, very crisp lines, uh, excellent bars, excellent fading, and uh, fishy patterns. Okay, so so they're not they're not quite museum quality, but they're better than better than average on detail, the just the the, the finer points of having nice crisp scale lines, you know, bar spacing is 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 equal, you know, close mm-hmm. to it. And so you're saying, you know, I'm just trying to get an idea, just overall. I'm say, yeah, I'm saying that like they're. They're very, I would say, seven with their with their fit and finish, and the way that the painter is painting these, like it's pretty spot on. If you order a brown perch and you think of a brown perch, it's going to look like that. A hot perch is going to look like that. Your fire tiger that you have in your mind, it's going to look like that. Okay, really good, excellent. So, if if you were a person. I'm going to come up to both of you guys and you guys can have the same answer. If it's the same answer, you don't have to repeat it the same. Hey Vance. Hey Todd, I'd like to get some of these. Where, where would you tell me, Mr. Joe Schmo, these things would work the best. Just like in the spread or time of year, just some general, where do you feel the strong points are on this bait? Yeah. I mean, I, I think just basically, you know, summertime, Fishing, fall fishing, uh, in that down rod position. Get it down, get it out of the way. Gonna, I, I'm playing out when we're fishing time ten here this spring. I'm going to tell you that. You know, because we're going to be fishing in four or five feet of water. I don't want to take. So you're that, saying that, mid mid to deep depths. For. Don't. It's yeah. not a shallow. Yeah. It's not a bait you want to run the shallows. 
Yeah, and even even shallow being ten feet, but you know you got to you're you know you can't let any line out. It's just not a bait I'm going to put. And you know you, you're saying it's sixty bucks mid range. That to me that's it's a lot of bait there to have out. I'm going to not take the chance of putting it on a stump if I'm trolling in five feet of water. You know. Oh, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Else. You know that that that's exactly. I mm-hmm. mean, it works worked great at. Uh, you know, it, it worked real well for what we do at Chautauqua, uh, down and out of the way real quick, yep. which is, I, I like that. Vance, anything different? Down rod, open basin, whatever season, uh, would, you know, except for when you're in, in the, in the shallow, in the shallows, but down rod, open basin, speed, this thing's killer. All right. So I'm going to kind of give this one a little wrap up here. I didn't write any notes down, so this is all memory. So you're looking here at a through-wire wooden bait, pretty deep diver, hold speed, tracks well, uh, good clean paints, epoxy finishes, um, its strengths are going to be more deeper water, um, and by deeper meaning like if you have weeds out in 12 feet of water that are coming up 8 feet, that's still considered shallow. So you're going to kind of want more open water on this, and... Um, you know, it seems to excel shorter lines with down rods or long leads off the out rods. So um, I'd say that it, it it's probably a, a mid-range bait by today's standards, maybe maybe a slight higher-end mid-range. Um, but that's kind of the wrap-up on the 6-inch KO Shad by Blue Water. All right. The um the next bait we're gonna do is the Leo Mojo. We're gonna do like a a sandwich here on mid to high bait, mid bait, and then another mid to high bait. Um Leo Mojo. That is if I'm not mistaken, it's a Lexand lipped bait. And it's also like by my be not not mistaken here, is it's the first Lexand lip bait that Leo made that I'm aware mm-hmm. of. Yep. Um, as far as I know. So Todd Leoparty is the guy that makes them. We had him on the show about a year ago when he described that accident he had with his finger. Um, Elwood City, am I am I correct with saying that, Todd? Yep. Elwood City, uh, it's a cedar bait I'm, I'm very sure of. Uh, it has two hooks on it, Lexan Lip. It's through lip pool. Um trying to think i'm kind of jumping ahead after the uh bait company information bait builder name of bait um crankbait describe describe the action someone someone go uh i'm gonna say it's it's very uh not not a sweeping action but very side to side like a roll roll does it does it have a lot of does it put vibration through the tip or is it just kind of back there like pumping the rod no you can definitely see the thing but like the, the, it puts off a really nice flash i have one of the golden i can't remember what it's called but just you know the, the gold fades down it's kind of a brown and uh it just the, the way it rolls back and forth real tight but the way it's flopping you see that flashing like crazy okay it's, it's not a big swimming action uh 
the ones we had are straight. I think all the little ones are straight. I think he starts playing around with some jointed. Uh, maybe last year he had some out. I did not pick any up, but they were all the ones that I have are all straight. About how how long is it? How long is the bait? Four or five, five inch? inch. I was going to say five inch max. Yeah. Okay, Vance. Do you th- how would you describe the action if it's any different than Todd? Yeah, I would agree uh, that that. Uh, it's it's not like a hard pulling bait, but there's a lot of action to it. So I, I would agree mm-hmm. with Todd there. You know, so you got a lot of side flash going on with the bait. So there, there's some rolling action going on. There. Mm-hmm. Okay, it has a round lip in it, and I remember at one point there was like round lips tend to do this to baits, and square lips tend to do that. And I I have since forgot that. Uh, I should probably start making notes on this to see if it's really the case. Um, construction. How is this bait constructed? Very carefully by a guy that has nine fingers. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a <laughs> screw eyed bait, uh, screw eyed yes. bait. And yeah. I'm trying to remember, did he put a thin coat of epoxy on that? I don't have one in front of me or is it just a lot of auto? Oh, um, it's auto. It's yeah. auto. Maybe um, on some of his more extensive things that he uses glitter with and stuff, I think he might dip. Okay. Okay, so paint jobs, fit and finish of the blanks. Uh, going with auto clear, it, it's using epoxy for anyone who doesn't know. When you have a bait that has multiple layers of epoxy on, you can hide a lot of imperfections in the bait blank. So when you start getting into auto clear baits, it'll show a lot more like, especially on wood baits, like the wood grain and just various things that come with wood. Um, so being that I, it's either really thin epoxy, but I think you guys are right with the auto clear. You, you can, if you look closely, you can see some wood grain. Uh, Uh he's making a bunch of these. So it's a production level bait, uh, paints, he has some of the Todd has an ex, like one of the biggest libraries of patterns that that you can find. You hop on his website, there's like six or seven pages of of patterns. And he does a nice clean paint. I would not give it a 10. I would give it on average, he has some really detailed like multiple scale netting and stuff. But I'm going to say on average, I'm going to call it like a a six above, above what most people do, but he's painting a lot of baits. So I would say that's a good fishing, good fishing patterns. Any of the ones that you get, you're going to get, you know, nice layers, clean scales, nothing too extravagant. Would you guys agree to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just to me, to me, it's classic. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with those, with, the, with those guys, Dale and Todd and, you know, before there were all these different paints Ryan. and companies and everything, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, I, and, and they look the same. Yeah. Brian Boyer, legend lures that we, who we just were talking to, you know, that th- they all kind of are similar to each other, those guys, you know, uh, in their painting, but that's what we saw. There was no internet looking at, I mean, th- so it's just classic fish catching colors. Uh, mm-hmm. It's another one where if you admit, imagine the color, you say fire tiger, it's a fire tiger. Yeah. Yeah. You're there's not, not see, a lot of surprises. 
Yeah, and I don't know that there's that many that have, you know, he's not putting fins on them and, you know, extravagant gill plates. But Yeah, on occasion, like, because I'm going through my memory, the reason I said on average, he has some yeah, patterns that average. I'm like, why yeah. are you painting these? He has, like, mm. that shark-looking on, like, World War II aircrafts. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, like, hand-painting that on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he, he does go wild on some of this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but on, on the average, like, if you were to grab a perch, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but, yeah, so. I think he's, yeah, they're very, very clean, and it's, I have a major respect for people that are just using that airbrush and the way that he does it, and, you know, after his injury, I would put it in the first order with him, and I would not have known at all. Uh, and he was freaking using the airbrush with his ring finger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as opposed to the pointer. And it's just super talented. I mean, this is a guy that would go down to shows and sit there and custom paint right there for those little, like, yeah. You remember, he, he talked, he, he talked about that little crankbait. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe like a, a, a walleye bait or some type of, uh, crank that they're using on the ocean, something like that. And, uh, He's, he's quick with it and good paints. Typically, where do you guys run this bait? Season, get, like let's talk about season, which rod, line lengths, and dive. I'll go. I've I ran mine mostly off of my inline boards uh, because of Vance mentioned, and I also did too. It's got a nice wobble, and it's sort of a tight little thing. It does not pull real hard. I like running those baits that don't pull real hard on the inline boards. They're easy to clean. They're easy to reel in, but it's enough that even with the board on there, I can still see the tip of that rod shaking. So I know if I got weeds, I know that's where I ran. That's where I ran mine the most off my boards. Is there a season that you run it more spring, summer, fall? You know, uh, no, I mean, we were, we started them early season. It, it's not a real deep dive. I mean, it get, it, we'll put it this way in that bait. We, we didn't get into that, but, uh, that bait, like in looking at it with the size of the bait and the size of the lip, it gets to me, it gets deeper than I expected. We'll put it that way. Uh, but you, you were shortening up. I mean, I was running some springtime last year where I just had it clipped above the leader, you know? put above the leader and uh on the planer board so i mean it was probably down two feet but if you're in four feet of water who cares right <laughs> yep. five feet of water yeah that's where i ran mine mostly on the boards okay but a lot of the baits we're using we're talking about that, that we're going to talk about or a lot of the baits we have in our boats vance and i because we're running that inline board because i can't deal with the the mass that easily by myself and fighting everything that Chautauqua has to offer, uh, weed wise. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of limited to what I can put on that little board that, that, that it's not just getting drugged back behind the boat. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make it spread out. So there, mm-hmm. there's only a handful of baits I can run on those. You know, you're not going to put that blue water bait that mm-hmm. we were just talking about on that inline board and take off. It's going to, it's not going to do what I want it to do, you know? So it's a nice, nice light pull. And that's where I was running it. Uh, about how, how deep do you think it gets for X amount of line out? Oh, jeez. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, guess. It, I mean, I would say like 
40 foot of line, you're down eight feet. They get down, they got down a lot deeper uh, on our, on our setups. Todd's and I's are very, very similar with the line diameter and leaders that we're using. Um, but they got down a, a lot. When we first put them in the water, we said they didn't pull hard and we were like, okay, this thing runs a little shallower. I'm going to, I'm going to set it out there a little bit more. And then we, you know, of course realized through trial and error that it was running a bit deeper. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I would say like, you know, when I have 40 foot of line out on it and I'm on my summer speeds, I'm down around eight feet off of my, uh, you know, like calibrated, uh, stuff. Full, so, full so about five to one, five feet of line uh-huh. gets you down about one foot. Yeah, and that's a nice that's a nice uh, thing to aim for mm-hmm. with these little baits. Um, and I would agree with Todd boards. That, really, that's really that's nice. where it lives right. for you guys most of the time. It's not down riding, it's not out riding. You're boarding it. Absolutely. Very nice. Okay. Um, you can find them at leolores dot com. There you go. Very good. We're gonna get. We're gonna actually go and order down this sheet one of these times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still working through it. All right. So I'm Joe Schmo coming up, coming up to you. Give me a quick recap. When, how, all that stuff. Let, let's wrap up this Leo here. Hey, I'm interested in a Leo lure, the mojo. Where would you guys run it? How would you run it? Why would you run it? You want just want me to take it, Todd, or you want to do it? Go for it, Vince. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'll do it. You can use these all season long. Um, my favorite position is in the uh, off the board, off the inline board. Uh, it spreads out easy. It's, it does well on its own island. Um, takes the speed nice when you're turning with those boards and the waves nice uh, when you have those little boards fighting them out there. Uh, so I would keep them there, and I would use them all season long. A lot of these baits are fish catching baits. So when they're fish catching baits, they pretty much would work all season long. So that's what I would say to that five to one dive. Nice. And price point being in the $30 range. I think they're just 30 bucks, 30, $35. You know, there's a whole, there's a bunch of variants on that. I mean, you know, some of this stuff, you buy it for 30 and if you have to pay sales tax and shipping and stuff, it can make baits expensive really quick. But retail of the bait, you're in the $30 range, which is, I'd say, a, a, a fair average price right now for a bait. That's, that's, that's pretty good, I think. So you guys, you know, for a, a standard musky budget, you can get multiples of these, pick a couple colors and... Go have fun. All right. The next bait company is DK. DK Lures. He's he's the only one that doesn't have a website. Vance, what's his group's name? Uh, you can follow DK Musky Lures on uh, Facebook, and then you can also uh, be invited to a private uh, sales page, DK Musky Lures Sales. So this is, Dave does something, I'd like to think he started this, he pioneered this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it as quick as I can and as boiled down as I can. 
his he has a he has a following for his baits that in order to try to maintain fairness so there isn't people just like hoarding the baits and then reselling them uh for for max profit now while that does happen there there's effort to try not to have that happen um he has what is called a draw to buy so if you're looking to try to buy a dk um you would join his special group and he would then when it's time says i'm going to have this draw to buy and everyone puts their name in that wants to to be in this drawing and if your name gets pulled in the order that they're pulled you get to pick which bait you would like to purchase so it's a game of chance to be allowed to purchase one of the baits um it seems to work really well for him it takes a lot of effort on his end um it's kind of neat to watch so in order to get one of these you're gonna have to join the group put your name in the hat kind of thing uh i have two prices written down here for this for the dk06 the bait that we're going to be reviewing is the 06 um vance just i'm not i i don't know which one's right but i got a sliding scale which where do you feel this bait price wise is um mid mid to high mid to high so what i have written down here because i don't really know is 60 to 90 dollars and i have a feeling it's closer to that 60 but dave don't kill me if you hear this and i'm wrong um Describe describe the shape. Oh, let me see here. Vance, describe the shape of the bait. The 06. Um, you I would me, say that it's. I'm it's, holding one. Do you want me to? Do you want me to do it? You can. Yeah. I'm going to call it a, a shad bait, uh, a shad style bait. It is, I'd say, on the larger side of average for shad baits. Um, it's, I'm going to say it seems slightly elongated from like a classic shad. Um, it's flat sided. It has a through wire construction, a squared lip, and the tie point is through the lip. Two hooks and something to take note on since I'm holding this in my hand he does like this big recess sunken eye. I don't know if you guys noticed that. So where the eye mm-hmm. sits, it's kind of like machined extra, extra big, like a big sunken socket, which when you hit it in the light, because it's an epoxy finish, it gives a really cool bending of light. Like you can see that there's curves there. Uh, there's epoxy on this, this stuff, you know, it's a, it's, I would, it's a routered bait. Um, the epoxy does give it some curvature on its flat sides, but I'd consider it mostly a flat sided bait. Um, the paint jobs, if anyone's seen DK's paints, they can range from cleanly simple to borderline insane. Uh, depending on what you're getting, you know, if he's sponging, glittering, the layering, putting fins on there, multiple gill lines. There's a, the average one has above way above average level of detail. And the price generally reflects that. 
and the scarcity of these baits. Uh, I'm going to say of all the DKs I've seen, you know, certain things that are kind of impressive to me is how clean the hook hangers come out through the through wire. They are clean. There's not a lot of like overspray and stuff on these. Uh, there's a lot of time taken to make these baits. Um, I don't know how much more time I need to spend on that, but the the action, Todd, your memory. How does how does the bait run? Yeah, it's a. I would call it a swimming action. Okay, describe swimming to me. Uh, I don't. I don't recall a lot of like uh, rolling or rolling around or you know wanting to wander or anything. It just sort of swims right along for this for the size of the bait and the lip i would say that it wasn't as hard pulling as i expected it to be uh it just sort of uh you know swimming sort of the tail going back and forth you know not real hard thumping okay Uh, so like if you were to like put a pivot point somewhere on the bait you would think that the bait's pivoting more closer to the eye and and that tail's wagging more or uh, like equal front yeah, to back I, action, like it's in the middle. If that even, makes I, I, sense. I would say it's more. I would, I would say probably. I would say I'm going on memory here. Uh, it, it, I, I would call it more in the middle. You know, okay. If you're gonna hold the eye. If you're gonna hold the high, the head is staying straight, and the tail is really shaking, vibrating back and forth, which we were talking about with the, uh, the hooker bait there. Okay. This one just sort of swims or swims right along. Mm-hmm. Vance, do you feel? You want to have anything to add, or you 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 have a different opinion on it? Uh, I would say that that's pretty spot on with it. Uh, I I anticipated it to be a little bit more hard pulling, um, just and that's just because I was used to uh, you know using the uh, fifty finder. Um, yeah. But this uh, this bait didn't pull as hard, um, and uh, it did have just. Uh, that's swimming action. It almost looked like a minnow bait, but uh, yeah, I would agree. About ballparking again, how much line out to about depth? What would you guys normally run that, and where do you think the bait was at? And I can crunch the numbers. I'd say it was another five to one. Um, yep, that'd be my guess too. Yeah. But like the mojo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and hopefully when, we'll, we'll... when you ha- when, when you have a, a bait that you know here a bait like that um, what, that's not pulling as hard and has a bit a bigger profile like that. You said it, it expands a little bit past the shad bait style. Mm-hmm. You can run that on the little uh, inline board. So, say if we were on a bigger bait bite, I would be comfortable putting that bait on an inline board. It took it decently. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so it can go on a board. Do you feel it's better suited outrod, downrod, board? Any, I don't, you know, either one of you or both can answer that. Yeah, I I used it mostly on the outrod because I'm I'm good. I'm I was I'm putting something that gets a little deeper just the way I run my spread. Always putting the deepest one out the back on the downrod. Uh. So that's the way I was fishing it off the side rod. Okay. Don't remember if I put it on the board. Probably did a little bit, but don't remember that. 
Vance, where where would it normally go for you? Uh, I would put it on the board. Um, you know, bigger baits on the board's kind of a cool thing. Uh, and if you can do that, uh, I would, you know, I'd put it out there. It's like, hey, it's got a bigger bait out there. I feel like I'm musky fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it stays tracking where it needs to. So I'd put it out there. Okay. Um, spring, summer, fall. What what would be you feel it's strong season, or multiple seasons? Fall. Todd. Yeah, I don't see why. You know, I don't see why all season. I I wouldn't know when. Okay, I mean, and and that's 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 a fine you know that's a fine answer. You guys don't have to agree. No. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You can. I would, this is just personal preference. I would put it out on the fall because I put it on the, on the board. On the board and a bigger bait, yeah. And it's a bigger bait. So that's yeah. why I would. But and the, that's the majority, swimming. Yeah, the swimming is nice, a nice fall action. Mm-hmm. Not as violent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we talked about how it ran. Um, where it would run. Okay, so some just general things. If, if you know, I don't know, like, like I said, we're still working through this. I don't know if I like that I'm Joe Schmo coming up, or let's kind of do a wrap up on the bait and just kind of hit the hit the high points with it. I don't. Know, do you guys have a preference? I did one one way, I did another the other. I'm kind of like just hitting the high points because if Joe Schmo comes up to me, I'm like, I don't know you, dude. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the DK06, it is a relatively hard bait to get because. It is not ordered directly through a website. Uh, it's through a Facebook group that you need to get approved to join, and then it's a game of chance in order to be able to purchase one of them. However, it's not impossible to get. I know people that do put in for the draw to buys, and they do win. Um, D- Dave also has special draw to buys to where if you've like never won a bait, only people who have never won enter. So he's, you know, he's conscious of the fact that some people just might not get lucky or whatever. So keep an eye out for that. They're not impossible to get. They're a tad more on the high end. Paint detail is well above average on most of this stuff. If you hop on his page, you will see some of the work that he's done. And crisp, clean lines, epoxy finish through wire bait. I feel that they are extremely well built. Um, a five to one dive ratio, not extremely hard pulling. It's a shad bait that's kind of stretched out lengthwise. Nice profile. As Vance and Todd said, it's kind of a swimming action. It's not a real hard, hard bait to pull. Um, seems to work well on the boards and they out rods. Uh, just because of the dive depth, it's largely left off of the down rod uh, from our testers here. Um, other than that, anything anything else I miss on this? I'm Agreed. Think. Okay. I'm think. Good deal. Well, this was uh, bait review number two. Again, we did the Blue Water 6-inch KO Shad, the Leo Mojo, and the DK06. 
we have sitting right within arm's reach of me, we have some casting baits we're going to be able to do do some reviews on. Uh, if the male, and now the male could be finicky, finicky right now. Um, we have some more trolling baits that we're coming into review. If you guys like this or have suggestions, you know, we're still going to be, you know, a handful of shows away at least from really getting into these <clears throat> um, deeper uh, with the baits that will be sold for the minnows. Um, I'm open to suggestions. Like I said, I don't think there's really anything else out there like this and we're working through it. So any suggestions, please uh, feel free if there's something you think we should improve on. Um, other than that, is there anything else you guys want to add? we're good good deal all right with that i'm gonna wrap this one up big thanks to fatty z musky products muddy creek fishing guides st croix rods vix marine ranger boats and uh be sure to look up those tournaments that we announced earlier in the show i think i got everything there so all right last chance you guys have anything to say we're good Oh, good. Till next time. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this warmer weather.